Chapter Twenty Six of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter Twenty Six. Polonius what do you read my lord hamlet words 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 she sighs heavily as the door closes on her brother a sense of weakness of powerlessness oppresses her she has fought so long and for what is there nothing to be gained no truth to be defended anywhere no standard of right and wrong are all men all base selfish cowardly dishonorable her whole being seems aflame with the indignation that is consuming her when a knock sounds at the door there is only one person in the house who knocks at her boudoir door to everyone servants guests child it is a free hand to her husband alone it is a forbidden ground come in says she in a cold reluctant tone i know i shall be terribly in your way says baltimore entering but i must beg you to give me five minutes i heard beauclerk has returned and that you have seen him what kept him now lady baltimore who a moment ago had condemned her brother heartily to his face feels as her husband addresses her a perverse desire to openly contradict all that her honest judgment had led her to say to beauclerk that sense of indignation that was burning so hotly in her breast as baltimore knocked at her door still stirs within her but now its fire is directed against the latest comer who is he that he should dare to question the honor of any man and that there is annoyance and condemnation now in baltimore's eyes is not to be denied the weather returns she shortly by your tone i judge you deem that an adequate excuse for keeping miss kavanagh from her home for half a day and night there was a terrible storm says lady baltimore calmly the worst we have had for months if it had been ten times as bad as he should in my opinion have come home the words seemed a mere repetition to lady baltimore she had indeed used them to beauclerk herself or some such a few minutes ago yet she seemed to repudiate all sympathy with them now on such a night as that i hardly see why joyce was with an old friend mrs conley was once a servant of her father's and he should have left her with the old friend and come home again her own argument and again perversity drives her to take the opposite side the side against her conscience society must be in a very bad state if a man must perforce encounter thunder rain lightning in fact a chance of death from cold and exposure 
all because he dare not spend one night beneath the roof of a respectable woman like mrs conley with a girlfriend without bringing down on him the censures of his entire world you can it appears be a most eloquent advocate for the supposed follies of any one but your husband nevertheless i must persist in my opinion that it was to put it very charitably indeed inconsiderate of your brother to study his own comfort at the expense of his girlfriend i believe that is your way of putting it isn't it yes immovably she has so far given way to movement however that she has taken up a feather fan lying near and now so holds it between her and baltimore that he cannot distinctly see her face as for the world you speak of it will not judge him as leniently as you do it can talk no one bitterly is as good a witness of that as i am but seldom coldly without reason and no one is a better witness of that than you are that is what you would say isn't it put down that fan can't you with a touch of savage impatience are you ashamed to carry out your argument with me face to face ashamed lady baltimore has sprung suddenly to her feet and sent the fan with a little crash to the ground oh shame on you to mention such a word am i to be forever your one scapegoat now take another one i beseech you says baltimore with that old queer devilish mockery on his face that was never seen there until gossiping tongues divided him from his wife here is your brother actually thrown to you as it were surely he will be a proof that i am not the only vile one among all the herd if nothing else acknowledge him selfish a man who thought more of a dry coat than a young a very young girl's reputation is that nothing oh consider i beseech you his bantering manner in which there was so much misery that it should have reached her but does not grows stronger every instant even a big chill from the heavens above would not have killed him whereas we all know how a little breath from the world below can kill many a oh i you can talk 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 says she that late unusual burst of passion showing some hot embers still but can words alter facts she pauses a sudden chill seems to enwrap her as if horrified by her late descent into passion she gathers herself together and defies him once again with a cold look why say anything more about it she says we do not agree on this subject at least we should says he hotly i think your brother should not have left us in ignorance of miss kavanagh's safety for so many hours and you with a sneer who are such a marionette for propriety should certainly be prepared to acknowledge that he should not have so regulated his conduct 
as to make her a subject for unkind comment to the county badly looking at her deliberately as you think of me i should not have done it no says she in a cruel and unmistakable insulting monosyllable and bearing no other word with it is more detestable to the hearer no he says loudly sneer as you will my conscience is a rest here so i can defy your suspicions ah there says she my dear creature says he we all know there is but one villain in the world and you are the proud professor of him as a husband permit me to observe however that a man of your code of honour and of mine for the matter of that but i forget that honour and i have no cousinship in your estimation would have chosen to be wet to the skin rather than imperil the fair name of the girl he loved has he told you he loved her not in so many words then from what do you argue my dear i have told you that you are too much for me in an argument i a simple onlooker have judged merely from an everyday observance of little unobtrusive facts if your brother is not in love with miss kavanagh i think he ought to be i speak ignorantly i allow i am not like you a deep student of human nature if too he did not feel it his duty to bring her home last night or else to leave her at falling and return here himself i feel to sympathize with him i should not have so failed her oh but you says his wife with a little contemptuous smile you who are such a paragon of virtue it would not be expected of you that you should make such a mistake she had sent forth her dart impulsively sharply out of the overflowing fullness of her angry heart and when too late when it has sped past recall perhaps repents the speeding such repentances when felt too late bring vices in their train the desire for good when chilled turned to evil the mind never idle if departed from the best leans inevitably towards the worst angry with herself her very soul embittered within her lady baltimore feels more and more a sense of passionate wrong against the man who had wooed and won her and sown the seeds of gnawing distrust within her bosom baltimore's face has whitened his brow contracts what a devilish unforgiving thing is a good woman says he with a reckless laugh that's a compliment my lady take it as you will what are your sneers to outlast life itself is that old supposed sin of mine never to be condoned why say it was a real thing instead of being the myth it is even so a woman all prayers all holiness such as you are might manage to pardon it 
lady baltimore rising walks deliberately toward the door it is her usual method of putting an end to all discussions of this sort between them of terminating any allusions to what she believes to be his unfaithful past the past that has wrecked her life as a rule baltimore makes no attempt to prolong the argument he has always let her go with a sneering word perhaps or a muttered exclamation but to-day he follows her and stepping between her and the door bars her departure by heavens you shall hear me says he his face dark with anger i will not submit any longer in silence to your insolent treatment of me you condemn me but i tell you it is i who should condemn do you think i believe in your present attitude towards me pretend as you will even to yourself in your soul it is impossible that you should give credence to that old story false as it is old no you cling to it to mask the feet you have tired of me let me pass not until you have heard me with a light but determined grasp of her arm he presses her back into the chair she has just quitted that story was a lie i tell you before our marriage i confess there were things not credible to which i plead guilty but oh be silent cries she putting up her hand impulsively to check him there is open disgust and horror on her pale severe face before before our marriage persists he passionately what do you think there is no temptation no sin no falling away from the stern path of virtue in this life are you so mad or so ignorant as to believe that every man you meet could show a perfectly clean record of i cannot i will not listen interposes she springing to her feet white and ignorant there is nothing to hear i am not going to pollute your ears says he with a curl of his lip pray be reassured what i only wish to say is that if you condemn me for a few past sins you should condemn also half your acquaintances that however you do not do for me alone for your husband you reserve all your resentment what are the others to me what am i to you for the matter of that with a bitter laugh if they are nothing i am less than nothing you deliberately flung me aside all because why look here moving toward her in an uncontrollable agitation say i had sinned above the galleons say that lie was true say i had outhooded herod in evil courses still am i past the pale of forgiveness saint as you are have you no pity for me in all your histories of love and peace and perfection is there never a case of poor devil of a sinner like me being taken back into grace absolved pardoned 
to rave like this is useless there is no good to be got from it you know what i think what i believe you deceived wronged let me go cecil before before repeats he obstinately what that woman told you since i swear to you was a most damned lie i refuse to go into it again she is deadly pale now her bloodless lips almost refuse to let words go through them you mean by that that in spite of my oath you still cling to your belief that i am lying to you his face is livid there is something almost dangerous about it but lady baltimore has come of too old and good a race to be frightened into submission raising one small slender hand she lays it upon his breast and with a little haughty upturning of her shapely head pushes him from her i have told you i refuse to go into it says she with superb self-control how long do you intend to keep me here when may i be allowed to leave the room there is distinct defiance in the clear glance she casts at him baltimore draws a long breath and then bursts into a strange laugh why when you will says he shrugging his shoulders he makes a graceful motion of his hand toward the door shall i open it for you but a word still let me say if you are not in too great a hurry christianity now my fair saint so far as ever i could hear or read has been made up of mercy now you are merciless would you mind letting me know how you reconcile one you perversely mistake me i am no saint i do not coldly profess to be one i am no such earnest seeker after righteousness as you maliciously represent me all i desire is honesty of purpose and decent sense of honor honor that makes decency that is all for the rest i am only a poor woman who loved once and was how many times deceived that probably i shall never know her sad sad eyes looking at him grow suddenly full of tears isabel my meeting with that woman that time vehemently in town was accidental i it was the merest chance don't says she raising her hand with such a painful repression of her voice as to render it almost a whisper i have told you it is useless i have heard too much to believe anything now i shall never i think very sadly believe in any one again you have murdered faith in me tell this tale of yours to someone else someone willing to believe too with a terrible touch of scorn lady swansdown for example why do you bring her into the discussion asks he turning quickly to her has she heard anything that scene in the garden that now seems to fill him with self-contempt was a betise it was and what did it amount to nothing 
Lady Swansdown, he is honestly convinced, cares as little for him as he for her, and at this moment it is borne in upon him that he would give the embraces of a thousand such as she for one kind glance from the woman before him i merely mentioned her as a possible person who might listen to you with a slight lifting of her shoulders a mere idle suggestion you will pardon me saying that this has been an idle discussion altogether you begin by denouncing my brother to me and now you have ended by denouncing your husband to me an idol a beginning as an end surely still to go back to beauclerk i persist in saying he has behaved scandalously in this affair he has imperiled the poor charles good name you can imperil names too says she turning almost fiercely on him lady swansdown i suppose says he with a bored uplifting of his brows the old grievance is not sufficient then you must have a new one i am afraid i must disappoint you lady swansdown i assure you cares nothing at all for me and i care just the same amount for her since when since the world began if you want a long date what a liar you are baltimore says his wife turning to him with a sudden breaking out of all the pent-up passion within her involuntarily her hands clench themselves she is pale no longer a swift hot flush has dyed her cheeks like an outraged insulted queen she holds him a moment with her eyes then sweeps out of the room end of chapter twenty six Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.